What is the benefit of sound guidance? Whether in your youth or many seasons afterwards, likely it is safe to say that all of us have received a word of advice from someone else. Also likely, one of us, many of us, have shared a word of guidance, some insight with someone who was in our realm of influence, perhaps at school, perhaps at work, maybe even a neighbor. Each one of us have shared a thought that we thought would be valuable to that person. I remember just over the summer trying to teach my youngest son how to ride his bicycle, and as he was awkwardly pedaling, a, a child, uh, another child, I would guess only a couple years older than my son, he came over and he started to cheer him on. He started to say, you can do it. I know you can. I also had trouble balancing, but you just keep practicing. You'll be able to do it. I know it. No matter our age, even a young child, there is something, I'll say, unique and special about being able to give a word of advice to someone else. And this is particularly true when that someone else is a person you care about, a person you want to see exceed or succeed in life. We are continuing our series in the book of Proverbs entitled, The Way of Wisdom. The theme of the book can be found in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. I'll read it here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. But how is this knowledge, this, this wisdom passed on to others, and how do you apply it to your day-to-day -day life? Well, today's passage, Proverbs 4, it, it helps to answer that question in three parts. Today I'm going to cover parts 1 and 2, which is found in Proverbs verses 1, Proverbs 4, verses 1 to 19. And then next week, next Sunday, Pastor Dane is going to cover the rest of the chapter as we answer those two questions. So if you have a Bible nearby, uh, turn with me to Proverbs 4. And as I read the first 19 verses, we will also uh, project the verses on the screen behind me. And of course, if you by chance don't have a Bible, if you don't own one, well, here's a great chance to get one before the start of the new year. We have Bibles available right in our lobby, so please just take one. It is available for you. We would like anyone who visits here at Beacon Community Church, if they do not have a Bible, to leave knowing that they have one in their hand and they can read it throughout the year. So if you don't, please go ahead and take one. I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. Be attentive that you may gain insight, for I give you good precept. Do not forsake my teaching. 
When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live, get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom, I have led you in the paths of rightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. If you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go onto it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they, they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. To help us walk through these verses, I'm going to cover two points. The first, the invitation to a shared wisdom tradition. And second, the invitations of different paths. Again, the invitation of a shared wisdom tradition, and then the invitations of two different paths. First, a wisdom tradition. Uh, Proverbs 1 through 9 uh, sometimes is given the heading a, a father's invitation to wisdom. One reason for this is the appeals that are found in that block of chapters. Ten times you see the words, hear my son or my son followed by a heartfelt guidance given from a parent to a child. In the title verse of Proverbs, we find the author of, this, of these appeals. In chapter 1, verse 1, it reads, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. This Solomon, upon becoming a young king, he prayed for wisdom from God instead of riches or, or long life. He prayed for something valuable that he knew he did not have, but knew where he could turn to receive it. So when you look at these 10 parental invitations from Solomon, it is his appeal to the next generation of his household. And yet... These invitations, these words of wisdom are given to all those in need of such insight. They are for you. They are for me. So 
as you listen. Do so as one who is in need of that insight to apply it to your life. Do so as one who is receiving that heartfelt guidance and seeking God to apply it. So in our passage today, uh, we find the fifth and the sixth parental invitation. In verses 1 through 9, the father invites his sons to pursue the same wisdom that their grandfather David gave to Solomon to follow. You think about that. David, king of Israel, passing down words of wisdom to Solomon, future king of Israel, you can think of the credibility found in that guidance about the situation that Solomon was about to face. It came from a loved one who had faced challenging situations before, a loved one who would understand what he was about to go through. And so the father calls for the son's attention by sharing that he too was young and inexperienced once. Verse 3, when I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. His father, who cared deeply for him, called for his attention to provide a life-given insight so he could succeed in leadership. So as Solomon's sons are looking upon him seated as king of Israel. They could see the evidence that following that advice, it pays off. It does make a worthwhile life. They know that the advice is credible. And so, like an accomplished chef provided instruction to an up-and-coming cook, their ears would have been drawn to listen to this valuable life recipe. So, what is it, Solomon? What is this advice that you are going to give them? Well, it is this. Get wisdom. Get insight. The Cambridge uh, English Dictionary defines wisdom as the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. In Proverbs, we find a, a similar definition. Wisdom is, is more than something you just perceive or that you communicate. It is a valuable treasure that you put into action. It is, it is something you build upon. In, in other books, the word is used to describe those with skills and expertise to build the tabernacle, the temple of Israel, very influential structures in the life of the people of Israel. That those are the ones who the word wisdom was used to describe. And so we find the source of that wisdom in the creator God. Now, remember before I read the, the theme of Proverbs in chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Well, the foundation of knowing who God is and trusting in his right rule, those lead to wisdom that a life can be built on. In chapter 3, verse 19 through 20 of Proverbs, it reads, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. 
It is that wisdom that God used to build up our very existence. And so Solomon advises his son to seek after her. I say her because wisdom is sometimes portrayed as a person in these chapters. You may have noticed, even in the ones that I, verses that I read, it used the word her to describe wisdom. We see this in verses 6, 8, and 9. For the one who seeks to apply the knowledge granted, wisdom gives back to the seeker. So as you look at these verses, you may be wondering, who is the one that's actually doing the action? Who is the one who's, who's a certain influence? Is it the seeker or is it wisdom? Well, let's take a look at it. Love wisdom and she will guard you. Prize wisdom above lesser things and she will raise you to a higher place. Embrace her and she will bring honor to you. This is not a, a cat and mouse game in which the more you chase after wisdom, the more she, she runs away. No. Poetically, we find, even in these opening chapters of Proverbs, that, that wisdom calls for those who seek her, calls for the simple, those who are inexperienced. Wisdom, in the, here's an example, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23, it reads, If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. The one who seeks is welcomed, but more than that, is benefited by gaining more than they probably even thought they were going to gain. For wisdom is something to guard because it is of great value. It is a great treasure. And so the father implores his sons to seek that which will protect them, which will build them up, which will prepare them for what's ahead, especially when temptation strikes. You may notice in verses 5 through 6, there are some do not phrases. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Having been young and inexperienced once, Solomon knows that, like all people, his sons will be prone to seek the opposite of fear in the Lord. We live in a world that is very much like that. We live in a world that shuns the wisdom of God's word. In fact, we live in a culture that even rejects the reality of facts. And so, like Adam and Eve in the garden, this culture, this, this world, many in this world, many listen to the lies of the serpent. The result is not life. The result is not freedom. Instead, it is sin, death, and sadness. Solomon wants his sons to avoid that. And fortunately, by grace, God has provided words of truth for us today, living in that world, living in this culture. For what God foretold by the prophets, he fulfilled in his word in the flesh. 
after receiving the promised Holy Spirit, the Apostle Peter, he connects the call of wisdom that I mentioned that I read in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23, and that of the prophet Joel, and he connects it to what Christ had done for those who believe. In Acts, we read, this is Peter talking to the crowd who's thinking that many of the apostles or the disciples, as they have received the Holy Spirit, thinking that they are drunk. He, he says this, this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servant and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. By the pouring of the Holy Spirit, God directed the prophets to call upon his name. And throughout the history of the church, that same spirit has provided wisdom for those to be equipped to proclaim his truth, to proclaim God's word, to tell others in need of hearing of this good news that a Savior has come. One of the things that I have been told by mentors before, and I've had the fortunate to, to listen, is to, to read a biography of a missionary, of a faithful missionary or church leader. And when you read it, you will find evidence of someone who was benefited by this wisdom tradition of the sharing of what God has done, of sharing how one can live a faithful life in Christ. This wisdom tradition passed on to the next generation. I found benefit in reading of others who have been a part of that wisdom tradition. And so Solomon invites the next generation to turn towards the one who founded the earth, who established the heavens. Pursue the wisdom that brings life. Answer the call and receive an honor that will serve no matter the obstacle or temptation that is along the path in front of you. Something that can prepare you no matter what life's destination or life's travels take you. Which brings us to the second point, the invitations of two different paths. If you read the whole book of Proverbs, but especially in the first nine chapters, you see this common illustration that keeps coming up. This illustration or image of two different paths, two different ways to live. And it makes it clear, even in the main theme of Proverbs, everyone will choose one of two paths. And so the father calls his son's attention, given the reason for this prayer in verse 10 through 11. It says, hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. If you can imagine verses 1 through 9, being a parent, giving an address to a young child that's living in his household, 
verses 10 through 19, or more like that young child being given a, a conversation, advice, as he prepares to, to leave that household, as he prepares to go off on his own. And so the father, he brings up and reminds the child that he has raised him to walk in the path of wisdom. And this is the right path that follows God's word. This is the way the father was taught by his own parent, that Solomon was taught by David. And on this path, one will walk without stumbling. You know, this brings up the image of somebody perhaps walking on the sidewalk in the middle of the night. Now, in the middle of the night, it's going to be, well, maybe not here because we have our street lights, but, but in a less lit area, you might have some struggles walking along in the darkness of the night. Fortunately, that person has brought a flashlight, and that flashlight allows them to see what's ahead, to, to navigate around uneven ground, to, to walk over rocks or other obstacles in the way. The way of wisdom is like traveling through life along a well-lit path. Even when the terrain may be not always smooth, and sometimes it has its moments of discouragement, its moments of trouble, a person who walks in the fear of the Lord will not be hampered. With God's word as your light, you can run and not stumble into despair. This is what Solomon is encouraging his son to walk along that path. And so as he is encouraging him, until he tells him to keep hold of that instruction. Why? Because it is like a soldier who holds on to a shield. That instruction, that wisdom will protect him when the attacks happen. Now the same instruction will also keep you from the temptations to follow the second path that he mentions, the second option that will come into your way, and that is the way of folly. Verse 14 describes this as the path of the wicked or the way of the evil. We see this many times throughout the Bible of those who follow that path. Right in the beginning of it, in Genesis, we see that the first few chapters of it, we see that in the path that Adam and Eve followed when they trusted the lies of Satan and the allure of their flesh instead of trusting in God's word. It is the path that refuses to heed the righteous call of wisdom and instead rejects God's rule and instead trusts more in what seems right in our own eyes. The Father warns us using some more do-not statements. He says, you know, instead of making sure you, you, you don't let go of the call of wisdom, he says there is a temptation that you need to make sure you do not go towards. He gives a cry not to go down the path of the wicked. This is not a passive effort 
This is not just the father say, you know, as you're walking along, be cautious not to be around people who could be bad influences on you. Just, just you know, be careful. No, this is a dire urgency that he's given his child. This is a, 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 a very intentional and important warning to protect his loved one. If you've ever struggled with insomnia, I, I have on occasion, you know the result. You know the cost to your well-being. If you have struggled with it, you know that is not something you would ever choose to deal with. And you perhaps looked for things to go in, help to, to amend it, to fix it perhaps to calm your anxiety, to perhaps to, to heal from a sickness, just to be able to get a full night's sleep. That is what you would seek. But what does it say about the wicked? It says in these verses, the way of the wicked, they find no rest until they fill their appetite with sin. You know, one of the lies of the serpent, the lies of Satan, is that you, you can balance walk in both paths, both the path of wisdom, but also that of folly. That, that, that you can perhaps, you know, uh, go mostly on wisdom, but, you know, every once in a while, you know, a little bit of folly doesn't hurt. You know, it, it gives a little bit of fun. There's no trouble. There's nothing wrong with that. That is one of the lies of Satan. For Sin is not satisfied with just a little bit. That's not how sin works. Over this past month, um, we have, my family and I, we, we've watched some, uh, you know, Christmas classic movies, like more classic meaning that it was when I was a child, not like, you know, when my parents were a child. But we've watched some, some movies that we want to introduce to our sons, uh, one of which was the movie Home Alone. Perhaps you've seen it. There's a scene in Home Alone in which the, the two burglars, they finally realize that the main character, Kevin, he is home alone. He's the only one in that house. At that time, the, the, the taller burglar, Marv, he, he turns to his partner in crime, Harry, and he says, let's just not even deal with this. Let's get out of here. You know, he, he's, he's showing for a moment some wisdom, I think, in just being satisfied with what they have already taken from the other houses and neighborhoods. And so he, he appeals, he tries to appeal to that to his partner in crime, Harry. He's like, let's go someplace else. We don't need this trouble. But, but Harry is not satisfied with it. And with a snarl, here's how he responds. He says this, Look, that house is the only reason we started working this block. Ever since I laid my eyes on that house, I wanted it. Now, if you've ever seen the end of the movie, though that is a decision that they will, they will definitely, they definitely learn to regret. As I'm now as an adult looking upon that, that scene, I realize, oh my goodness, that is the problem with sin. That is the problem. 
it, 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 it is so loud. It is so plentiful. It seems so easy, but once obtained, it can never be enough. It can never satisfy. The one whose life is, is fallen after your sin appetite, it can never be satisfied fully. But this there's good news because there is a better way. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, Christ speaks of this better way. He says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. As we enter 2024, which path are you following? Is it the one led by God's word, or is it the one led by your sin appetite? If your trust is in the Savior, Jesus Christ, no matter the challenges or circumstances, you are walking in an ever-increasing The light of the sun will keep you from stumbling. In verse 18, we read this, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. There may be times where you feel like you are alone, like, like you are not growing, you're not maturing as a Christian. But this is a reminder, the light of the sun it keeps on shining. More than that, it shines more and more until full day. Christ's work will continue within you until he has brought it to completion. Now, will every, will every season be easy? Probably not, if we're honest with ourselves. There will be even dark days in which you wonder, how am I ever going to handle this situation by myself? How is it possible to survive in this world? It's too, too hard to do it alone. It's too hard to do it by myself. Well, hear this good news. You are not by yourself, for, for in Christ you have the light spoken of in John chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. It reads, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. No matter what dark days you have ahead, they are not too much for our Lord and Savior. They are not too much for Christ. For the one who is by your side and the light that he shines along your path. This is the same light that has sustained generations of Christians through the ups and downs of life, and he will sustain you too. I don't know what you're going through at this moment, and I don't know what you're, you're going to go through in 2024, but I do know that there is a Savior who stands by you, who stands with you as you are going through those difficult situations. There is a light that overcomes the darkness, 
So no matter the difficulty, remember that. He is with you. You can trust in that. Now perhaps you are new to Christianity. Maybe you've spent years being skeptical about the Bible, what it says, and, and Christians who are in your area. Maybe you're just uncertain, like, what is this that they're talking about? How can they trust in this Savior? Maybe you have been trusting more in what seems right in your eyes, walking along the wider path of sin. And as I, I share this advice that we see in Proverbs 4, this may seem too simple. Like, this is what you're going to give me before we start a new year? This is the word of advice that you're going to give? It's way too simple. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I was expecting to hear something like, like, here, do this and it will help me with my sleep schedule, or, or do this and it will help me eat healthier, or, you know, I should be drinking less coffee or, or more coffee, or, or just stagger it through the day, you know, something like that can help me to better my relationships. That perhaps is what you were expecting to hear the day before New Year's. Now, now this verse, these verses, they don't discount other helpful advice that are out there, but what it does is point the reader to the life-given foundation found in God's wisdom. So if that is you, if you are a person who's like, I expected something more. One, I am thankful for you to be here. And I invite you, keep attending, keep coming back as the new year begins. But I also invite you to hear the words found in this proverb. The way of wisdom is calling. She is welcoming those in need of her insight. It is providing the means for sinners like you, like me, to stop stumbling down the path of despair, the one that leads to death. Instead, by the grace of Jesus Christ, be picked up and led towards a better path that leads to everlasting life. If you would like to learn more about this wisdom, God's wisdom, I invite you to meet with one of the elders here at Beacon Community Church, one of the staff. Meet with me. We would love to tell you more about this true light. In his commentary on Proverbs, Ray Ortland Jr., he describes the Bible in a way that I found very encouraging, and hopefully it will be an encouragement to you. He describes it as this. The Bible is God's voice inviting us into eternal life. How true is that? And a heart that desires that wisdom, that, that holds it fast, that person will be equipped with a foundation that will serve them no matter the obstacles in the way, no matter the difficulties ahead. It provides a light that has sustained generations of Christians in the past, and it is able to keep you from stumbling too. Remember that as you enter this year. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for just your wisdom that is found in your word, that you have provided it and have given us evidence of its 
truthfulness, evidence of its worthwhile. We thank you that you have provided it to guide us along the, the at times, difficult terrain of life, Lord, of, of living in, in a world that, that does not know you. But by your grace, you have come, you came into the world to provide a way for, for sinners like us to be saved and to be brought into relationship with you. You have given us a, a light that can guide us no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. So we, we pray and thank you for it. Guide us as we are prepared to enter a new year, Lord. Give us just a, a memory to, to, to recall just those moments of faithfulness in our lives, but also to rejoice and to, to, to hear and, and read the, 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 the examples of faithfulness in the lives of others either by testimonies we have read or by those testimonies we have heard in our local church. And so we pray for all these things, Lord. We thank you again for this, this block of text that is in the book of Proverbs, this way of wisdom that you have given us. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name.